0: Welcome to Do We Know Things, a podcast where we examine things we think we know about sex. Content warning. This podcast will include discussions about genitals, sex toys, and sexual trauma. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Lisa Don Hamilton, professor of psychology and sex educator. Today on Do We Know Things, what do you need to know about sex toy safety? sex toys, while once highly taboo, have been increasing in popularity and visibility over the last couple decades. While most people don't necessarily talk openly about their sex toys, advertising, websites, and -and brick-and-mortar stores selling high-quality sex toys are much more visible than they used to be. But did you know that the sex toy industry is completely unregulated? Anyone can make toys and sell them, even if they can cause harm to people's bodies. Most people are unaware that there's no regulation on these objects that go on or around our sensitive body parts. Back in the 90s, as a teen growing up in Surrey, BC, which is a suburb of Vancouver, the only sex toy shop I knew about was down in Wally, a sketchy part of town. The shop was dimly lit and sold porn and toys. It might have even had jerk-off booths, but my memory's fuzzy on that part. I went there a few times with mostly my male friends, and it was very clear that it was a space designed for men. There were toys for all bodies, but the packaging was, in my memory, all very tacky, with raunchy words and images, and large-breasted women on most packages. And I'm pretty certain the toys were cheap, crappy, and unsafe. I'm glad I never bought anything there. However, my first sex toy was a cheap, crappy, probably unsafe vibrator that my slightly older and more experienced male roommate bought me when I was 19. It did nothing for me, but I somehow kept it for almost two decades before finally throwing it out a couple years ago. That toy was probably not safe, but I had no way of knowing it at the time. With the increase in sex toy visibility, there's also been an increase in education around sex toy safety, but you first have to know that sex toy safety is an issue in order to look into it. My guest on today's podcast, Sarah brin Holiday, is a sex toy safety expert. Sarah will share info on how to know which sex toys are safe, where to buy toys from, and what might work for you if you're looking for your first sex toy. That's coming up on Do We Know Things. But first... I wanted to check in since I've been a bit MIA and rerunning episodes in the last month or so because things have been so busy, and my brain just isn't functioning at its regular speed. I talked a bit about how the constant threat of COVID is affecting people's stress levels and anxiety on the sex, stress, and COVID episode, but I wanted to address it here again briefly. The threat of COVID and having to be constantly vigilant about it is a chronic stressor, and being isolated from other humans is also a source of stress. Humans are a social species, even the most introverted of us, and feeling cut off from other humans is a source of stress. Being under constant stress messes with your brain and makes it hard to operate at full capacity. Please be kind to yourself in what is hopefully the last few months of this global pandemic. Related to all the stress many of us are feeling lately, in fall 2020, I taught a class on stress, burnout, and resilience. And even though I had proposed the course before the pandemic hit, it was the perfect thing to teach in the middle of a pandemic. My students also made a podcast series as their final project. If you want to learn more about stress and the individual and community aspects of building resilience against individual and systemic stressors, you can check out This is Fine, a podcast about stress, burnout, and resilience, which is available on all podcast platforms. I'll also link it in the show notes. I also want to note that sexual pleasure can be a great stress reliever, so let's talk about sex toys that can do just that. Sarah Bryn Holiday is a non-binary queer femme who writes about and offers classes on many aspects of sexuality, and particularly pleasure, sex toys, and trauma. I first discovered Sarah on Twitter, back when I was actually on Twitter. I learned a lot from reading their tweets about feminism, sex ed, sex toys, and queerness. Exactly a year ago, I took their workshop on healing, pleasure, and sex after trauma, during which Sarah talked about their expertise in sex toy safety. When I learned that, I knew I had to have them on to share with the Do We Know Things listeners, since this is definitely a thing many of us do not know. Here's our conversation. Welcome Sarah.
1: Thank you Lisa Dawn. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I'm so happy to have you. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time because you are such an expert on sex toys. So I was wondering if you could start off by telling us a bit about yourself and how you became a sex toy expert.
1: Sure. So um, I have been working in the sexuality field for about six years and my Really, my origin story starts with sex toys. So we could just jump in right there. All right. When I was in college, I didn't know hardly anything about sex toys. Um, I had a lot of toxic toys in my own collection. And I, I want to say it was my junior year. I went to a workshop on sex toy safety. And I thought that I knew what it was going to be about. And I had no idea whatsoever. <laughs> and I realized wow, I have toxic toys in my collection. And, you know, as someone who thought they knew a lot about sex ed, and who was doing a lot of queer education on campus and sex education, I thought, I really need to study up on this. And so in my senior year, I did, uh, it's kind of like a thesis, but we called it a capstone project. I worked on one that was all about how to craft a revolutionary model of sex ed here in the US. And I focused a lot on sex bloggers and sex educators who are working online to provide education that we don't really receive when we're growing up in classrooms or really even as adults. And I focused a lot on sex toy reviewers. And through that, I learned even more about sex toys. And toward the end of that project, I decided to start my own blog back in 2015. I started off focusing on sex toys. And in the year since I've expanded a lot since then. But my entire journey started because I actually owned sex toys that weren't safe. And I had no idea. And so now I um, write and educate about sex toy safety and healing from trauma. Um, I work with survivors on healing and pleasure after trauma. And a lot of my work actually intersects because I work on providing education about how sex toys can actually be used as healing tools, which I don't think we really talk a lot about in the mainstream discourse about what it's like to heal as a survivor.
0: Absolutely. And I would love to talk more about that. That's a question I get as a sex educator often, especially from people who work with people who, who've experienced sexual trauma is like, how do I help my patients or clients feel more comfortable with sex after trauma? So we'll get to that later. <laughs> I, I want to start though. Uh, you mentioned a couple of times that your toys were toxic and unsafe. So what does that mean? I immediately, I think like, toxic, like the personality traits. (laughs) But I know it's more than that when we're talking about sex toys.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that sex toys can actually be unsafe for your body. And a lot of people don't know this because like I mentioned, we don't receive for the most part, any kind of comprehensive sex ed when we're growing up. Because talking about sex toys is shameful in the eyes of a lot of society. And so some sex toys are fabulous, right? But some can actually make people sick. And the sex toy industry is actually not regulated at all. And that means that it is filled with sex toys that are toxic. I always like to talk about which materials are safe and which materials aren't. hmm and so I'm happy to just rattle off a list. Um,
0: <laughs> sure. And
1: uh, one, one of my closest friends, her name is Lily. She writes at DangerousLily.com and she has this in a big old list. So if you are looking for that, that is a great place to find it, but I'm happy to rattle it off. So safe materials. When we're talking about sex toy materials that are safe to use, we're talking about silicone wood, as long as it's treated properly, medical grade stainless steel, some glass, as long as it's borosilicate. Uh, We're talking about things like ceramic and natural stone, again, as long as they're treated properly. And some sex toy companies will use something that's called ABS plastic, which is technically non-toxic, but it is somewhat porous. And I'll get to that in a second. When we're thinking about unsafe materials, the largest culprit here are sex toys that are made out of jelly or gel. Mm. So I don't know if you've ever been to a shop called Spencer's, it's kind of like a joke shop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a joke shop. Um, That was the only place that I saw sex toys when I was growing up. And I thought that was the only the only kind of sex toys that were sold. And when you have a sex toy that's made out of jelly or gel, it is very slimy. It might have a smell to it. It even looks like it sweats a little bit. Very concerning, right? right. But <laughs> these toys are sold at such a low cost that a lot of folks think that they're okay because they see some other toys that might be priced very highly and think, That's a little too much if I'm just experimenting for the first time. So I'll try this out. And that's not the fault of that individual at all. I really want to make that point Mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of shame that can happen when folks realize that they've been using toys that are unsafe because they might wonder, why didn't I know, you know? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with them. It's something wrong with the education system that actually allows people to use these unsafe toys. So you'll see a lot of those toys in shops like that. Um, so jelly and gel and things like rubber, non-silicone cyberskin, which is just a material name that a sex toy company made up, <laughs> um, vinyl and PVC and TPE and TPR. And so if you're wondering how they're toxic, it's because they contain phthalates and some other toxic chemicals that can actually make people sick. Some of those toys are also porous, which allows bacteria to grow. And I have had readers of my blog reach out to me and all of the sex bloggers I know have had the same thing. We have folks reach out to us who have had things like burns and infections because they've been using toxic toys and lube because lube Mm -hmm. can actually be toxic too and a lot of the lube that we see sold in very generic stores like cvs walmart target walgreens some of that lube can actually be toxic
0: so you say for some of the materials, they need to be properly treated. How does someone know if they're properly treated? Or is there certain stores perhaps that they know that these stores are like safe to buy from?
1: Yes. So this is a great question. And um, I always direct people to two companies that I really love, SheVibe and Spectrum Boutique. SheVibe carries vast majority safe toys and spectrum boutique carries completely body safe toys. And if it's a good sex toy company, they will explain how, how the product is actually treated. Um, however, silicone toys are much, much more common Mm -hmm. than some of the other materials that I listed and silicone toys, you'll actually be able to find at a much more accessible price point than some of the other ones.
0: Good to know. When I was an undergrad, I was a health educator, and we collaborated with the one of the sex toy shops in Vancouver where I lived at the time called Women's Wear, and they had this actually traveling setup called Buyer B Women's Wear. I think was like the name for it, and it was a bunch of toxic toys that they had tested and then wrote out, out information bits about why they're toxic or what's wrong with them. Or it wasn't just toxic; it was also ones that were just like poorly designed and could cause harm. And so we did a whole display in the middle of the quad with all of these toxic toys, and then we raffled off like a, a good toy that that people could win uh, as a way of educating around this. Uh, and one of the things I remember learning back then, which I've has sort, sort of stuck with me, but I've actually – this is one of the things on the podcast I often say like, oh, I have these things that I just know as a sex educator that I've never looked into – But the thing is that they, I remember them telling me is that if you open a package and it smells like plastic, that means there's probably phthalates in there. Is that accurate? Yes. Um, So when I was
1: talking about how, you know, like if you go to Spencer's and you see a sex toy and it might be slimy or stinky, that's exactly right. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: there's this thing called the flame test that you can use to usually figure out if a sex toy is safe or not. So in a lot of my workshops, I will, I will explain all of this and folks Mm -hmm. will say, Oh my gosh, I have just a collection of sex toys sitting in my closet or in a bag or whatever, but I don't have the packaging anymore. And I don't really know if they're safe or not. And some companies can lie on the packaging because again, it's not regulated. So they said, is there any way that I can figure out if a toy is safe? And there is. Um, If you suspect that your sex toy is made out of jelly or gel, if it smells like you said, if it is kind of sweaty or, or sticky, or you can take a lighter to it, and set it on fire. <laughs> 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 Which sounds a little uh a little weird at first, but a sex toy that's made out of jelly or gel will melt. Mm. And I have done this test, it works, it's very concerning because <laughs> you you see the thing that you have been using on your body or inside of your body mm. literally go up in flames. Um Silicone toys. Um, you might see a little bit of charring on the toy. It'll easily wipe off and wash off. If it literally starts to melt in front of your eyes, that's a pretty surefire way to figure out if it's if it's safe or not. Now, I don't want to say this as 100%. if it's going to work all the time because I really do think that, you know, supporting companies that sell toys that are body safe is usually the way to go. And I would never want to lead anyone astray. Mm-hmm. But um, if you are wondering and want to do a quick test at home, that's, that's your best bet.
0: You heard it here, folks, go light your <laughs> those on fire <laughs> to make sure they're safe. So if someone is choosing a sex toy, so I would imagine number one, we want something that is body safe. Um, What else goes into that decision?
1: That's a great question. A lot of the folks that I work with, particularly survivors are returning to sex toys, or they are looking at experimenting with them for the first time. And there's a lot of questions about how do I even pick (laughs) what to use? Mm -hmm. What, what kind of things should I be looking for? And it's a really important question because there are so many different kinds of products out there that it would take me years to talk about each and every one. But that just makes that world of sex toys that much more exciting, but also pretty overwhelming. So, something that I like to do is walk folks through a thought exercise about when you're thinking about the kind of sex toy that you might want to try. It's largely about the kind of stimulation and sensations you like. And I like to talk folks through a number of questions that they can consider. For example, do you prefer direct stimulation or simulation that's a little bit more broad? For folks who have vulvas, if you like stimulation, that's very direct, very pinpoint. You might be looking at something like a bullet vibrator. If you like simulation that's very broad, likes to cover a large area, might be looking at a wand vibrator, like the classic magic wand that Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us have seen. Mm -hmm. For folks who have prostates, do you want to target your prostate, you know, or do you want a toy that simulates a kind of rimming sensation? Because those actually exist. There are butt plugs out there that simulate the act of rimming, which is really cool. Um, So, you know, thinking through, what kind of acts you like, and then also thinking, what kind of textures do you like in a sex toy? Do you like something to be really squishy? Do you like it to have a lot of ridges or really smooth? When we're talking about insertable toys, particularly dildos, um, you have an option between a single density toy or a dual density toy. And a single density toy means it's the same kind of silicone all the way up and down, and inside. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about a dual density toy, it has a firmer inner core and a softer outer core, which for a lot of survivors, for example, folks who I work with, that can be a lot more appealing because it's not something that's really hard. That's kind of jabbing into you or against Mm you. It's, it's a lot softer. It might be more gentle. It's not just a few things to get folks started thinking about all the kinds of possibilities out there. It's really about what you already like or what you think you might like, and then going on
0: from there. Mm -hmm. And for people who are new to figuring out sex toys, do you think it makes sense for them to go into a store? Does it make more sense to try to shop online?
1: It would definitely depend on the person. However, there are some fantastic feminist sex shops out there. Um, one of my friend and colleagues, her name is Joelle Nadi, she has a list called the superhero sex shops list. It's a list of shops that are feminist and carry all toys that are body safe. And so if folks are looking to be able to talk to a salesperson or to an educator, that is a really great option. Mm -hmm. And a lot of shops online will have someone that you can chat with and they can kind of walk you through. And a lot of bloggers and educators will also help walk you through the process. For example, I provide, I guess you'd call it sex toy concierge services Mm -hmm. for survivors free of charge. Um, Folks can email me and say, I'm really interested in trying sex toys, but I'm not really comfortable going to a store and I have no idea where to start. And I will go through with some of the questions that I just explained Mm -hmm. and I will send them a list of some toys that I think they could try in a variety of different price points. So there are a lot of ways to really jump into it.
0: Mm -hmm. And you mentioned price points and I know that's something that can often be a barrier for folks. And I remember that vibrator that we got donated from women's wear, like back in this was like two thousand and three, it was two hundred dollars. And I was shocked that sex toys cost that much. And I know that that can be challenging for people. Um What do you ha- suggest for people where price is an issue?
1: So thankfully, um sex toy financial accessibility has really improved in mm-hmm. recent years. It used to be that you would have to spend a pretty decent chunk of change to be able to buy a toy that was body safe. But now there are companies that make silicone toys for 20, $25 and up, which is really exciting because I remember when I was growing up and I bought my first sex toy that was toxic, it was around $25. And now folks can really kind of experiment with lower priced toys and then find what they like. That's what I recommend to folks. You know, mm-hmm. like if somebody has the budget to maybe buy one or two toys that they think they might be interested in, that can help them level up, so to speak, um, like in the future. If somebody likes a toy that is dual stimulation, that means that it targets both the internal and external they could start off small and then work up to a toy that might be more expensive. That comes with a lot of bells and whistles. For example, a number of toys come with, um, things like an app that you can connect to like a partner anywhere in the world. But those are usually a little bit on the higher end. Mm -hmm. But if you think, Hmm, I might like that start off with something that's a lower cost. That way you're not dropping a ton of money right at the start and and then not like it at all.
0: I'm glad to hear that if something... Well, although I guess it is unregulated, but if something says it's silicone, um, that that means that it's generally safe because... what. I have been a dedicated magic wand user for many years uh, and I was sort of exploring more recently to see what's out there. And I was really surprised at how cheap things were and I was not trusting that uh, because I was like, it says it's silicone and I know silicone is supposed to be okay. Uh, So it's good to know that silicone can come at a reasonable price.
1: Absolutely. And I would also say, you know, like if you or anybody else has literally any question on whether a toy is safe or not send off a quick email to your favorite blogger or educator and just say, Hey, I'm wondering, do you know if this company is safe or not? Because every now and again, folks will maybe get a toy off of Amazon. Mm. I do not support shopping for sex toys on Amazon because you literally have no idea what you're going to get. I always support shopping with an actual retailer. So if somebody says, Oh, I found this toy on Amazon that's cheaper. I would say, Let's find it through a reputable retailer that I know and trust. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, most folks who work in this realm will be more than happy to let you know if the toy is safe, because we all want everyone to use toys that are safe.
0: Sex toys are something that often people see as quite gendered, um, and that can be challenging for folks who don't necessarily align with a gender binary or a binary gender. Um, How can non-binary and trans folks navigate that world?
1: It's a great question. So as a non-binary person myself, this is something I have been (laughs) beating my drum about for (laughs) years and years, even before I came out, because it has gotten better. I will say that, but there is still this incessant nonstop gendering of sex toys, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, something that I really like to employ is sex toy hacks. (laughs) So for example, if you have a penis, um, a lot of sex toys that are marketed toward folks who have penises um, are strokers so if you think about a stroker you know it's um in like a cylindrical shape however those can be used by anyone um i'm thinking particularly about strokers that are um not just sealed all the way around but Mm. that have an opening um that is um That is flexible. And those strokers can be stretched out. So it looks like a square or a rectangle. Mm -hmm. And folks, folks who have vulvas can use those as kind of like a textured, um, Uh, like a textured, non vibrating sex toy that can fit in their palm. So like, if you're someone who might not like a lot of vibration, but you like a lot of texture stimulation on your clit and your vulva, that's a really great option to say, Hey, here is a sex toy that is typically marketed toward quote unquote men. Mm -hmm. But And with the thought behind the sex toy company that this is cis men with penises Mm -hmm. using this toy, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to hack it and I'm going to make it inclusive. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of toys that are, that, you know, really aren't gendered anymore. But thinking about the ones that are, there are a lot of ways to make them more inclusive when you get creative.
0: Awesome. I love that.
1: And I also like to say that, sex toys are for everyone. Sex toys are for all, all, all bodies. Um, when we really separate sex toys into categories for men and for women, it leaves so many different kinds of pleasure out because sex toys that are marketed toward men, um, are usually, like I said, strokers, things that are like hyper masculine. Like I have Mm -hmm. seen sex toys that are like you know, sex toy sex toy companies that have created campaigns to go along with their products that might equate it to like to like a race car or you know something like <laughs> hyper hyper gendered hyper masculine mm-hmm. and when you do that you limit all of the kinds of pleasure that one can experience because no matter your gender or your lack of gender any toy is for anybody and um, leaving toys out like wands and toys like bullet vibrators. those can feel really great for folks who have penises, but we are taught that those folks aren't quote unquote supposed to use those toys. So it's mm-hmm. very restrictive. It's very limiting
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I remember one time a friend of mine was talking about a, a partner, so he's a cis man, and he was sleeping with a cis woman, and she had a vibrating cock ring and something else. I can't remember the other thing. And he was like, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. Who doesn't want like a cock ring that vibrates, and everybody's getting vibrations. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. So I think one of the reasons that people can sometimes be hesitant to start trying sex toys or to even investigate sex toys is the stigma surrounding them. How do you deal with this challenge? Mm,
1: The big S. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So stigma is really, really pervasive. And it prevents a lot of people from being able to access the kind of pleasure that they have a human right to feel. And um, there are always just uh, a few things that I like to talk about when um, when somebody asks me about stigma. Um, one of the most common misconceptions about sex toys is that they are replacements for your partner. And I always like to reframe this as sex toys are tools. Mm -hmm. This is my thing. I think that sex toys are tools and there's a lot of fear surrounding them. But if you think about sex toys as something that can help, help enhance your sexual pleasure with yourself and with your partner, everybody wins. Mm -hmm. It's not the sex toy versus the partner or the partners. It's the sex toy and the partners And when you're able to think in a really expansive and a really generative way about sex toys and all of the creative ways that we can use them as tools for pleasure and for healing and for all kinds of things, it opens up a new world to what sex toys can actually be. And, um, you know, you can use them solo or partnered and, That's another thing. I think a lot of folks think it has to be one or the other. And it's no, you know, um, similar Mm -hmm. to like what I was saying around sex toys have no gender. They also have no sexual orientation and they have no relationship structure. You know, (laughs) Um, sex toys, you know, a a lot of sex toys are marketed as this is a couple's toy and they're usually Mm -hmm. really expensive and they usually look Mm -hmm. a very certain way. Any sex toy can be a couple's toy. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, um, something else that's really pervasive that I remember a lot from when I was younger and even now, uh, I think a lot of people are really nervous to share that they use sex toys because we are taught that they are naughty and that they have to be our little secret. And there's mm-hmm. all of those kind of, you know, a lot of people talk about sex toys in, You know, using a lot of euphemisms and we don't have to do that. We can just say, I use sex toys and they are helpful tools for my pleasure and my partner's pleasure. And I think that's awesome. And I think just remembering that they are a very normal part of life for many, many people, like speaking from my, my own experience, um, you know, just to get personal for a second, there's no shame in only being able to have an orgasm with sex toys, Um, Mm -hmm. whether that's solo or with a partner, you know, as someone who has experienced sexual violence, um, I, I have a lot of trouble with sexual pleasure if it's just me, like skin on skin contact. And I use sex toys as a tool to help with that. And along that same line, there's no shame in not being able to have an orgasm at all. <laughs> you know, you can mm-hmm. use sex toys and still experience pleasure even without there having to be some some kind of end goal. And I think mm-hmm. that these ideas are so so pervasive and it it really all leads back to the idea of sex and sexuality being so visible within our culture for certain kinds of people and then so shamed for certain other kinds of people. You know, sex Mm -hmm. is used in marketing and in campaign, like whatever it is for, you know, thin, straight, cis, (laughs) white folks. And for Mm -hmm. anyone else, it's seen as pretty shameful and something to hide. And I, reject that. And I think we should bring sex toys into the fold.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, Absolutely. (laughs) I would love to see a more open conversation around sex toys. Is there anything else you'd like to share about sex toys that you think the audience should know?
1: Yeah. One more thing. Um, So thinking a little more deeply about sex toy materials. um, So when we think about unsafe sex toys, They're obviously really problematic, but in my opinion, the issue actually runs much, much deeper than that. I believe that toxic toys are an affront to sexual freedom and social justice. And the bottom line here is that we can't and don't have sexual freedom if we don't have all the information about what's going inside or on our bodies. And if we're being lied to or sold out by really unethical companies who are just looking to make a quick and easy dollar. Mm -hmm. And it's been my position for the past however many years I've been doing this that, you know, when we advocate for safe sex toys, we're also advocating for health justice. We can't lead sexually healthy lives without all of the information we need to make informed, educated choices about what we do with our bodies. And I say the same thing when I work with survivors as well. Um, When um, survivors are looking for sex toys for the first time, or they are, you know, really coming back to them after experiencing trauma, being lied to by an unethical company and using a sex toy that's unsafe that could cause harm to their bodies that can be re-traumatizing. Mm-hmm. And so we're literally replicating the cycle of harm. And um so the you know the the issue is never just what it looks like on the surface. It's never just okay, we got to buy a safe sex toy. It's like what's going on really underneath all of this because it ca it really causes these it causes these tendrils of harm mm. to take root and
0: takes a long time to undo them that's so important thank you so much for sharing that sure I would love to hear more about the workshops that you offer and things that people that you might offer in the future that people can follow up with you about. Um, And particularly, I know you do work around sex toys and trauma, but just in general, if you want to let us know the kind of work that you do that people can access.
1: Sure. So my signature workshop that I do um, is called Healing Pleasure and Sex After Trauma, where we talk about how to craft our own our own individualized paths toward healing outside of mainstream narratives about what survivors should want and how we should heal. And I've been doing that work for a few years now. I'd say that's my most serious, my most heavy workshop. Mm-hmm. I also do some other ones that are lighthearted and fun. Um, I do one that's called Introduction to Sex Toys, which is a like two-hour expansion on everything that we've talked Thank about you. here. Um, I do one that's called Pleasure is Your Birthright, where we talk about how all of this is intertwined with sexual freedom and social justice. Um, and then I have a workshop that's kind of like a combination of all three about the intersection of sex toys, trauma, and sexual freedom and that's called using sex toys as a tool to heal from trauma. And I speak at universities and um, uh, feminist sex shops and community organizations. And I host my own workshops online now because of COVID, but you know, really over Zoom, which means I'm able to connect with lots of folks like you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's, uh, it's a really fulfilling way to be able to work with students and folks who are not students. And I feel really grateful every day to be able to share community and share space with survivors and also just anyone who is looking for more education about this because we are not taught this when we're growing up. And so folks have to seek it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's always an honor to be able to hold space with those folks. Absolutely.
0: So where can people find you on the internet? I'm everywhere on the internet.
1: Um, <laughs> my website is formidablefem.com. My Twitter is at Sarah B Hall. That's H-O-L-L. My Instagram is at FormidableFem. And folks are welcome to email me with any questions or um, or any comments or for the sex toy concierge service mm-hmm. um, my email is sarahbrin holiday at gmail.com that's two
0: n's and two l's and i can put that in the, all the info in the show notes as well awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show today sarah i really appreciate it thank you Elisa dawn this was wonderful so much great info in this episode. I am so grateful for Sarah and other sex educators doing the work to spread info about the joy of sex toys, and also the harms that are possible with toxic toys. Related to the toxic toys, Sarah also recommends checking out DangerousLily.com, which has really comprehensive info on toxic materials in toys and loops. I really like Sarah's emphasis on the message that toys are for everyone and pleasure is for everyone, and the encouragement to research and test out what might work for you to add to your pleasure. We are all deserving of pleasure. The increased prevalence of sex toys and the decrease in taboo is helping more people get pleasure, and I think that's great. And finally, it's so important to buy from a reputable vendor— I will link to Joelle and Nottie's Superhero Sex Shops list in the show notes, which also includes a few Canadian stores. If you are a listener outside of Canada and the US, and you know of lists of reputable stores in your country, or even just a recommendation of a reputable store, I would love to hear about them. I have lots of listeners in the UK in particular, so send me your UK recs, but really from anywhere. Remember, you deserve pleasure, and especially during pandemic times when it might be hard to connect with others— even those living in your own home, sex toys are a way to make some quality time with yourself. Of course, they can also be included in partnered quality time, too. That's all for this episode. If you have any feedback or peer review, I'm always excited to hear from you. You can send me a voice memo recorded on your phone or just a written email to dowenowthings at gmail.com. You can find a script for this episode with references and extra info on the website at dowenowthings.com. All music and sounds in this episode by Jeremy Dahl. Check him out at palebluedot.ca. Script assistance by Matt Tunnicliffe. I'm Lisa Don Hamilton. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Do We Know Things, and you can email me at doeynowthings at gmail.com. Do We Know Things is released every second Monday, and you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, I would love it if you could subscribe and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time on Do We Know Things.